0: Well, I would have to say, Stu, this was a big show today. This was a great, great show today. The biggest show? Well, no, not the biggest show, but it was a good show. For this show? It, yeah, for this show. Yeah, for this show, it's a pretty good podcast. I mean, you could listen to Joe Rogan if you wanted a great show. Sure, he does a great but, show But, right I mean, out. you're already here. Yeah. You're already you don't here. I mean, how many times are you going to click? What you, <laughs> you, you can't be a slave to your phone. <laughs> It's a great show. Jim Jordan is uh, with us. We tell you the truth about the vaccine mandates and the passports and what they're really leading to. Uh, Bill O'Reilly. Of, yeah, Bill O'Reilly is on. Jim Jordan is on. Mm-hmm. You uh, mentioned that already, but, you know, it gets ben tougher Franklin. as you get older. Yeah, Ben Franklin. Oh, Ben. Fra- now I think it's Ben Franklin who's yeah. on the show There today. is, uh, mm-hmm. There's actually a lot of great messages, too. If you want something positive uh, going into Thanksgiving, a couple of things that uh, I think you will appreciate Uh, especially I want you to take to heart that we need to believe science, the science of Thanksgiving, all on today's podcast. You're listening to
1: the best of the Glenn Beck program.
0: Mr. Bill O'Reilly, welcome to the program. I would have bet that you were going to talk about the Rittenhouse trial today as the big story of the week. Maybe you do. But now that we have the Build Back Better bill passing, what's the biggest story of the week? Well, that is um, it's pretty stunning
1: that no Democrats in the House of Representatives don't understand how corrosive this bill will be for the future of the country. Right. It doesn't have anything to do with ideology, all it has to do with is economics. So uh, I had a guy named Graham Allison.
0: Do you know who he is? Graham Allison. I know the name.
1: All right. He's the best expert on China in the country. Okay. He's a, a dean at the Kennedy School of Harvard. Where back.
0: I have a degree. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I know. There you go. I know. I know. I know.
1: And I, I said to him, Dean, look, China is not going to cooperate in any of the green technology they're not going to do it alright and they're going to spew as much gunk into the air as they want and nobody's going to be able to stop them isn't that true and he said yeah it's true okay now if you look at this bill this two trillion dollar thing about forty percent of all the money the federal government hopes to spend in the next ten years goes to green stuff. Now, I don't have any objection to research and development. I think that's good that if you want to get electric cars that people can afford and work, okay. And solar panels and windmills and, okay, as long as it works, as long as it's affordable for the folks. But to just dump money into theoretical, well, we're going to clean up the planet and save everybody. It's just garbage. Mm-hmm. It's garbage. And the second thing is again, directed at the Democrats who vote for this bill, because not one Republican did. Do you not understand there's no oversight here? That no one is watching the blanket money? Do you not understand when you send hundreds of billions of dollars from Washington to the individual states that some of those states? are going to use that money poorly? Hmm. Where's the setup? Where's the responsibility for making sure that the money is spent to help the American people? Where is that? Is that a hard thing? It's not in there. There's no new um, committee or new agency to watch where the bill Back... Better money goes. So what do you think is going to happen with the bill back better money? Haiti, one word. So you got, you've got these people. This is what rankles me the most. They get elected to Congress. They're supposed to be representing their districts. In the districts, there are human beings living. Do you think they really care? What they care about is getting reelected to Congress. And Pelosi goes around saying, you better do this. You don't do this. We're primarying you. We're bringing somebody in to kick you out.
0: And they go, oh, don't do that. I'll do whatever you want. And that's where we are. So this is wildly unpopular. Um, Have you found the poll yet on Build Back Better in West Virginia? Um, It's wildly unpopular. I don't have the numbers in West Virginia. It goes to the Senate next. Mansion and cinema are the only ones that are a chance of voting against it. Do they?
1: It depends how far they whittle it down. See, what Mansion and Cinema going to do is go in on the two trillion, get it down to one five and and then declare
0: victory. That's what I think is going to happen. But it's not, Bill. As you know, it's not the money as much as it is the. This is a software. Uh, bill. This has all of the tools they need to shut down the oil and gas and coal industry. Yep. It has no everything. It. It's not the money; it's the software.
1: No, but Mansion and Cinema, in order to vote for the bill, because they're so publicly uh, skeptical of it, they need a justification to vote for it. And so the justification is going to be: a we got the thing down from two trillion to one and a half trillion. So we're heroes, and you should like us. Mm. That's a calculation. Now, Manchin himself, if I were him, this is what I would do. I would jump parties right now, and I'd vote against that bill, because this bill, this overarched bill, changes the government forever. Forever. And we become a nanny state, which is what the progressives want. Now, you can revoke part of it next year when Americans will be suffering terribly economically this time next year. And they'll throw the Democrats out in a lot of places. But the nanny state, with all of this money, is now going to be so firmly entrenched mm-hmm. telling you what to do, when to do it. And then for a, a large part of the population, giving them money, buying their votes. So they don't have to go out and really uh, be self-reliant at all.
0: So the the economy, I think, is going to be in such bad shape. And with this Build Back Better bill, the the sugar in it is all of the programs where they're giving people money. And the Republicans are going to be voting on they killed the country, they did this. And we're going to reverse what they're doing. And the Democrats will be able to stand on. They want to take away your child care. They want to take away your subsidies. They want to take away all of these things that you need now more than ever. And I think they'll get a lot of people to vote that way.
1: Sure, They always have. But there are more people who want to earn their own way. And who see that they don't maybe understand it the way some people do. But they see this is not good. Not good for them, not good for their families, even if they're getting a little bit more in the childcare arena or the home, whatever it may be. They see it. But the real clincher is when people suffer, when people are in trouble financially, all the other theoretical garbage goes out the window. And that's what's going to happen to the working people of this country. And then when these onerous... Taxation rates come in, that's going to just wipe out any kind of development, any kind of hiring, expansion. Done. Mm-hmm. And then all of the taxes that the corporations are going to pay, more taxes, that'll pass on to the consumer. So you're going to have a, a triple whip on people. You're going to have inflation, which you have now. All right. Then you're going to have Um, higher pricing on top of the inflation Mm -hmm. because the corporation is going to pass it along. And then you're going to have fewer jobs because the expansion. That's the definition of
0: stagflation, isn't it? Worse than that. Worse than that.
1: You're heading into an area, and again, this is by design. Mm -hmm. The progressive economists know this. They want to run the economy from Washington the entire economy if you break down the capitalistic system and people are desperate that's how that can be accomplished it's the only way it can be accomplished
0: bill i can't wait to hear your analysis on the rittenhouse trial we're now in day four of jury deliberation uh the schools have been closed uh around the courthouse in kenosha and last night, NBC has been barred from the courtroom because a producer was stopped by police for following the van used to transport the jury. This NBC News, MSNBC News producer James Morrison uh, was was running a stoplight while attempting to follow the van used to bring jury members to the courtroom. He was trying to photograph all of the jurors. This is insane. That's the end of NBC News. I mean, it was over
1: a couple of years ago, but it's over. I mean, mean, forget it. CNN over. Um, ABC, CBS hanging on, but you just can't run a news agency that irresponsibly. You just can't. And every day I see it. I see these people hating, getting paid to hate. To foster, you know, oh, Rittenhouse guilty, yeah, guilty. So, uh, you know, if they don't find him guilty, we're going to burn down a town. It's okay with us. It's okay with MSNBC. We want that to happen. I mean, come on, you know, these moguls who run these companies are so corrupt, and they're so damaging to this nation. But the majority of people have not really become angered with them. They're still protected, like Disney. So Disney is the absolute worst. Mm-hmm. And if you understand them across the board, they're now demanding, if you want to take your five-year-old on a Disney cruise, he has got to be vaccinated. All right, so you've got to terrorize your five-year-old if you want to go on. They pay these women on The View to just spew hatred, all day, every day, they pay them to do it, and then you look at this, these are powerful companies, and most Americans aren't putting it together. When they do, there's going to be a tremendous backlash. So the backlash has to come in two ways: it has to come political next November, and then it has to come social. Now back to Rittenhouse. it's one or two jurors. Mhm That That's will exactly not
0: exactly what I think
1: right that will not vote to acquit one or two and it'll be a mistrial but i think this judge is going to put enough in to make it very hard for the prosecution to come back and put him on trial again
0: now what does that mean
1: so the judge can nullify the judge can um, a mistrial with but,
0: with prejudice or without prejudice, which right. I can't remember which one means they cannot come back. That's with prejudice. with prejudice. And then the other is mistrial and you can go do it again. You think right. he will go with prejudice? Yes. The judge clearly knows
1: that Rittenhouse is not guilty. Remember, it's a simple concept in order to convict someone of a crime. You have to have evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, in this case, it's not even close. So if I'm in that jury room with that person, I'm going, you don't have a reasonable doubt? Mm -hmm. When a guy puts a gun in his face, that's not a reasonable doubt? But you have people, you know, people bring in their emotional damage to the courtroom the jurors they're just regular people like everybody else and people have their prejudices and biases and they bring them in and you know the hope is that everybody can present a case that people say well maybe it's not perfect but i think this is the right thing to do here i'm not a Rittenhouse fan i i his parents were, uh, oh. Yeah, I, know. I mean, if my Yeah,
0: I, I mean, let a kid out of the house with a gun. I I mean,
1: I can... Down there, I, that's craziness. Yeah,
0: craziness. I got an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, there's no way.
0: I know, I have okay? a 17-year-old and I, there was no way. Right. I would be but down the, there breaking him up by the scruff of his neck, going, right, what he, the uh, heck well, are my, you thinking? Mine would be locked in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> um There's a little slit I could put food through. Right, yeah, I got it, um, I got it.
1: But the kid himself doesn't know what he's doing. All right, he's just a ne'er do well, whatever. It's so, okay. So, but,
0: so, so let me let me change the subject. Uh, how long does this go on? Do you think?
1: Uh, they got to get out of it by Monday.
0: Monday. Um, let me switch the subject to uh, Ron DeSantis because I know you're going on tour with uh, Donald Trump, and that starts when D- December. 11th, 11th coming up. Okay. Christmas gifts. And you, Fort Lauderdale. and you said, this is, this is not a, this is not a, uh, uh, th- this is a history tour and yeah, you're trying to get after or the, or anything like that, trying to get after the, uh, the history. Um, yep. let me ask you, um, one history question. And that is, I would like you to ask the president about what happened at the beginning of COVID with Fauci. And why he didn't get rid of Fauci? You know, I've already asked him that,
1: and if you can go to BillO'Reilly.com, you can see the answer. But I'll probably, you know, I won't ask exactly the same question because a lot of people watched that interview I did with Trump
0: a month ago. Let's say I, I asked didn't him that watch exact it. Question: What? <laughs> Let's say I didn't watch it. Yeah, you obviously didn't, Peck, because you're too right. Busy, and what? So what was to
1: accumulate knowledge?
0: Give me an but idea of what the answer might have been. The answer was. That
1: Fauci didn't have a lot of sway, and that if Trump had fired him, it would have been a firestorm that would have prevented Trump from doing what he wanted to do. Mm. But here's an interesting point. Everybody knows now that the Russian collusion thing was a tremendous political scandal, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't know that, then you don't know anything. There was a worse scandal Beck. And that is that the things that Donald Trump did in office were never reported on. Mm -hmm. So that's why I put this two together. And here's a good example. Yesterday, Kamala Harris goes on with little Georgie on Good Morning America, a man I despise (laughs) because he's so corrupt, it's like dripping out of his mouth. And she says to him, oh, we can't turn the border around quickly oh, we can't
0: do this because of the previous administration. Mm. And he doesn't say a blanking word. And I will tell you, you can turn the border around overnight. Overnight, you can turn it around. Bill, thank you so much. If you would like to see the Bill O'Reilly tour with uh, Bill O'Reilly, just go to BillOReilly.com. BillOReilly.com makes a great Christmas gift. It would be early, but makes a great Christmas gift. He and donald trump on the same stage uh in three dates if you are ready for some really great news keep listening built bar is back and it is unbelievable if you've been listening to my show this year i love built bars uh it's an all-american story this is a client i asked to be on the show because i didn't listen to my wife again and she had been telling me about it but it has protein bar on it and those always taste like a doormat This is unbelievable. The mint brownie flavor. Oh, yes, baby. It is life changing. The new bars taste better than ever. In addition to the 12 original flavors, Built Bar just added cookies and cream, carrot cake, caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp. I mean, it's just it's great. Built Bar delicious, nutritious, high protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carbs, 100% real chocolate and 100% really good. Plus, they've reset the code for this new launch. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Beck, get $10 off your first order. Promo code Beck, BuiltBar.com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Late last week, it was revealed that the National School Boards Association coordinated with the White House before sending their official letter to the Biden administration, which requested f- a federal monitoring of parents allegedly threatening school administrators and uh, characterized parents as domestic terrorists. Well, the nonprofit Parents Defending Education obtained through public records request a memo written in October in which the NSBA, the School Board Association president, said they had been actively engaged with the White House, the Department of Justice and the Department of Homeland Security before submitting their letter to President Biden. According to an email from Chip Slavin, the NSBA's executive director, the White House advised the NSBA to include in its official letter details of specific threats. So before sending the letter to President Biden, The School Board Association revised it to include 24 reports from local news outlets detailing threats that parents allegedly had made against school board members around the country. Out of the 24, 16 were only tense verbal exchanges between parents and school board members. No threats of any physical violence. The other correspondence reveals that some members of the NSBA's board of directors were not consulted in the decision to use language like labeling parents domestic terrorists. Nicole Niley, president of Parents Defending Education, who obtained the correspondence, now believes that the school board association's president and executive director acted on their own without the board's approval in producing the letter for Biden. Some school board members speculated that the executive director, Chip Slavin, was trying to use the NSBA letter to Biden to position himself for a job in the Biden administration. In an email thread among several NSBA board members, one board member wrote, if the NSBA leadership were truly concerned about safety, it would not have been accompanied by a press release and media interviews. They made it about the school board uh, uh, and not safety. Now, there's an update on this. Uh, Jim Jordan, the most conservative member of Congress, I believe, uh, is uh, joining us now. He had a whistleblower. Uh, contact him, and he released this earlier this week. We wanted to get his thoughts on that. Jim Jordan, the author of the book "Do What You Said You Would Do," which comes out, I
2: think, next week. Jim, welcome. Yeah, I'm going to be with you, Glenn. Thanks, thanks for all you're doing. You bet. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this, uh, this, I mean, so, so, I think the timeline is so critical. Remember that the School Board Association was working with the White House before they ever sent the letter. They send the letter between the, the date of the letter being sent, the twenty ninth. And then uh, 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 the 4th of October, when Merrick Garland does his memo, the Justice Department is communicating with the counterterrorism division at the FBI. We have that from testimony given in the Intel Committee. So they're, they're putting this together. Then on October 20th, this email goes out from the counterterrorism division to FBI agents around the country. The very next day, Merrick Garland testifies in front of our committee and says to Republicans, we are not treating parents as domestic terrorists, when in fact the day before and two weeks before they were doing just that. So uh, Merrick Garland needs to come back in front of the committee and tell us why he misled us during that committee. Did he not know? I don't I don't think that can be the answer. I think he misled us from the, from the get-go. Um, and the idea that they're treating parents as domestic terrorists it just – it's a threat tag, a terrorist tag, a label put on parents. The real question I want to ask him is, what's the number? How many parents now have this label on them? Remember, Glenn, a few years back, you were right in the middle of this when, when the IRS was putting the BOLO, yep. uh, be on the lookout list, and, mm-hmm. and put listeners to your program and all were being labeled and, and key terms. So this targeting stuff has got to stop. Um, let 's hope the Democrats are going to call him back in, but i 'm not i don 't think myself. they will
0: i don 't think they will i mean he is the, 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 i i didn 't think the Justice Department could get worse, but it has, and yep. it is losing the respect of almost all Americans now uh, yeah. except those who want to retain power in washington i think
2: yeah but the, the one thing i i 'm starting to wonder is was the letter just a pre in, in other words we, we kind of assumed a few weeks ago that, oh, the School Board Association sends this letter. It's from a left-wing political group. So the White House tells the Justice Department to go along with it. I'm wondering now if it went the other direction. I'm wondering now, yes. was it the White House who said to the School Board Association, give us the pretext. You send a letter to us. We want to stop parents from showing up, protesting this racist Hate America curriculum. We want to stop that. And what happened, so it, it started from from the government encouraging the school board association to give them the pretext, to give them the letter so that they could then follow through with it. The only problem with from, from the Biden administration is it backfired because parents said, no, 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 you're not chilling our speech. We're going to stand up and fight for our kids. And it backfired on them. Uh, I think that's how this whole thing played out. So help
0: me out with the, uh, let me switch subjects with the build back better bill. I was happy to see all of the Republicans standing in lockstep Uh, Against this Um, But what do people Need to know what this bill is I've been saying this is a software Bill not a hardware bill don't worry about The money it it is It is about that but it's more about The operation of You know the green new deal And everything else the parts That remain to make this thing Into a machine that just grinds people And businesses up
2: no, you, I think that's exactly right. The, 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 spending level is obnoxious. It's bad enough. But what's, what's scarier is the policy in it. This Green New Deal, this, this, this policy is going to make our, uh, uh, energy problem that much worse. The tax increases that are coming into it and all the big government. I mean, this is, I, I said this the other day, but I, I believe it. It's, it's, it's the accelerated march to communism now that the, that the Democrats are on. And, and this bill is, is the big thing. So, I hope, I hope Senator Manson and Senator Cinema hold firm, and that somehow we can we can stop this. Because uh, you're right; it's not the money in and of itself. It's and that's bad enough because that's going to add to the already 31-year high inflation problem we have. But it's the policy; it's the big government; it's 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 all that that moves us in this left-wing communist direction.
0: Do we do do we save the country, Jim? Do we?
2: Yeah, you no, know, no. It's look. I had a lady at a at a little little town hall type meeting I was doing a few weeks ago. Uh, she's probably in her mid seventies, and she got tears in her eyes when she said, I, "I never thought I could see it move this fast, get this bad, this quick." And uh, I get it, and it, and I'm I'm scared, and I'm nervous too. But you know, the American people—they figure out a way to rally. They, that, they we're we're an optimistic, can-do kind of people. And right. you know, someone someone said to me, Glenn, that. that Every third generation in this country had to do something big. You had the guys who started this place, this, the, the founders. Then three generations later, you had Lincoln and those people who came together and ended the evil of slavery and kept the union together. And then three generations later, it was the greatest generation who, who stopped the, the evil of Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan. And now here we are three generations later. And, and you know, maybe it's our turn. And, yeah. and the threat is from within in this move towards socialist, communist craziness. Um, but we're going to have to stop it. And we're going to have to focus on what they're doing to the first amendment because that's what scares all these policy things are terrible, but when they take away your right to speak, your right to exercise your first amendment liberties, that is fundamental. And that, that is what we have to stand up. And that's why this, that's why they went after the school board so much. They didn't want these moms and dads standing up and exercising their first amendment rights and speaking out against this craziness and it backfired. So that's what encourages me. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to get there, but it, it ain't going to be easy because nothing worth doing it, uh, ever, ever is.
0: Uh, well, I appreciate you standing up and tell all your colleagues today. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you and, bet. uh, and just let us know who the senators are. I think we know, uh, <laughs> but who the senators on our side are that might, uh, that might flip on this. This is, this is a game changing bill. Um, yeah. this, yep. this is fundamental transformation. This is it. This is it. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Glenn, thank you. Thanks for your leadership. And, uh, we appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you. One one more question. Is, is the TSA, they're 40% uh, unvaccinated? Um, yeah. Well, and Monday, yeah, I mean, they have to be vaccinated or they can't go into work. Is this going to cause yeah, a problem so, over the holidays?
2: That uh, My guess is probably so. I mean, and, you know, 40% of truck drivers in this country probably don't have. I mean, the, at least the uh, one of the employers in my district. So, I mean, every there's not one thing that Joe Biden's policies have helped. They've made everything worse. And that's why 71% of the country think we're on the wrong track. Hmm. I mean, the real question is, who are the 29% who think we're on the right track, for goodness sake? So, um, no, it's bad. And But thank, thank goodness for the courts and, and what the courts have said on the back. Yeah. Thank,
0: thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate it. Uh, Jim bet. Jordan will Take be care. on one of our podcasts uh, probably right after uh, the, this coming holiday. His new book is Do What You Said You Would Do. Gosh, if they did that, wouldn't they be popular? Jim Jordan. The best of the Glenn Beck program. So let me talk to you a little bit about believing the science. If you watched uh, our special this week on uh, COVID and the origins of COVID, it's pretty hard to believe in science. It's hard to believe in anything, honestly. But that's what we're supposed to do. Believe in science. Believe the science. When it comes to climate change, do you believe the science pandemic? Do you believe the science? Anything else that uses science like a infinity trump card to shut down debate, do you believe that science? You know, it used to be in God we trust and the progressives tried this around the turn of the century and once we saw that it led to eugenics and the mass horrors all across the world in the 30s and 40s we kind of fell back on in god we trust not in science we trust but we're back science science um as god has been sketchy Uh, Since the nature of science, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's subject to new discoveries and updates. The nature of God, however, is um, he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And I guess I'm in that category of weirdos who think there's room for God and science. I think God must be the ultimate mathematician and the ultimate scientist because it all comes from him. And then there's a the problem of what to do when believe the science ringleaders aren't being honest about their science. They become more of a church than anything else. Well, that always does the same thing that, you know, happened in the dark ages. The church says, believe me, because I say so, even though it's not provable or or against common sense. And it just creates tribalism and division. And eventually the scientists, whether they're part of a religion or their religion is science, they they fail in the end. And just like it happened in the 30s, we go back to saying, let's listen to common sense. Let's use actual scientific measurements. Let's prove things out as much as we can. And then in God, we trust. But I want to tell you there is a science that Americans can believe in fully without prejudice without feeling like you're compromising any personal beliefs believe in science this next week. Science tells us there is something that lowers blood pressure improves sleep it improves your immune system it reduces the risk for anxiety and depression It'll help you exercise more, eat better, drink and smoke less. Well, that's crazy. It has been linked to a significant reduction in stress hormones. Now, if I said this and then I said may cause impotence and I sold it to you in a pill, it'd be heralded as a miracle drug. I think people might be a little worried about it. They'd be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not going to. It's a brave new world. Recent years, studies have verified all of these health benefits and more for this miracle cure. So what is it? Well, I'd like to introduce my team, not from Pfizer. They're going to... They're going to talk about and show you this miracle pill. It's called the science of thanksgiving. And it's not the holiday. But it's the frequent practice of gratitude. See, this is the problem we have in America. Nobody's grateful. Nobody's grateful. We are. Can you imagine what we look like to the rest of the world right now? The rest of the world is buying into our bullcrap that we deserve it. And why? Because they think we're a bunch of rich, spoiled snots. Crybabies. Do you know how many people would, would build a raft, literally, and cross dangerous waters to get here? Cross deserts to get here? Come from around the world and pay off really sketchy people to get into our country that don't have ill intent. And we're sitting here complaining. We have no gratitude. Our forefathers understood the benefits of gratitude instinctively. They didn't have the scientific data to back it up. George Washington and Abraham Lincoln knew the benefits both personally and nationally of gratitude which is why both of those men made their Thanksgiving proclamations. You know, I tried to get the uh, Senate to pass uh, Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation of prayer, humiliation, and fasting for Thanksgiving. It is, today is the anniversary of Gettysburg. Don't know if you know that. Today is the anniversary of Gettysburg when all those dead were laying there. It took weeks, Washington, it took weeks for Lincoln to get there. When Lincoln gave his Gettysburg address this, this day, they still had, after weeks, bodies all over the field. And he, he stood up and gave a little speech. Somebody else spoke for almost two hours. I don't even know who it was. He spoke for just a few minutes. He thought the speech was so inconsequential, a New York newspaper man said, Hey, Mr. Lincoln, can I, can I get a copy of that speech? He handed him the original that he, writ- that he wrote on the train. Here. He didn't think anything of it. Neither did the the guy who published it, the journalist. He just took it, copied it, and then threw that letter away, threw that speech away. But that proclamation that Congress would not pass today, I asked them. They wouldn't introduce it, and it wouldn't get passed today and I said I don't want to change the verbiage just just put it up again it's the it's the Thanksgiving proclamation from Abraham Lincoln no one would do it we have a problem with Thanksgiving with gratitude by the way when that was passed in the Senate and it was Signed by Abraham Lincoln, it was the turning point in the war. Yes, we have inflation. Yes, we have supply chain issues. Yes, pandemic policy nightmares, government overreach. Our leaders seem bent on destroying the very fabric of our nation. And yet there's still a chance because the glass is still more than half full. We still enjoy more freedom than most people. And we still have the opportunity to be heard. May I suggest that we should try something next week. Just for a week. Let's believe in science. Let's believe in the science of Thanksgiving. Maybe we even, at our Thanksgiving table, read the proclamation from 1863 from Abraham Lincoln. Even though our God, uh, even though our our government doesn't believe it, we still believe in God. And I think God still believes in us. He's just waiting for us to be grateful. And when we're grateful maybe we can heal the wounds of this great nation and restore it as soon as may be consistent with divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union.